0: Well, hello there. It's producer Casey here with a quick programming note before we dive into this week's episode. As I'm sure you're all very well aware, next week is Get Back Week. We're finally gonna get to see Peter Jackson's three-part documentary on Disney Plus over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And to mark the occasion, we thought we'd try something new. We're going to live stream our podcast recording sessions. So Tony, TJ, and I, we're gonna hop on Twitch each night after the documentaries air And share our quick reactions, invite the audience to participate and share their reactions, ask questions, whatever you guys want to talk about. We've all been so excited to see these movies and I think we're all excited to talk about it, so we hope you come out and join us. If you can't make it to the live sessions, don't worry about it. We'll take the recordings and post them to the podcast feed as soon as we can, but if you can make it, we'd love to share the moment with you. So that's next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central Time. You can find links to the live stream at UntitledBeatlesPodcast.com. We'll also be sure to promote it on the Facebook page. So just get on the internet that night and you should be able to find us. As a fun added bonus, Tony and TJ are also going to hop on the Chicago For Real live Twitch feed next Tuesday, the 23rd, for Twitch and Shout Our first of hopefully an ongoing series of live conversations about the Beatles. They'll be a little faster. They'll be a little looser. And the audience, as always, will be invited to participate and share comments. So come check that out next Tuesday. That'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. And you can find links to all of these at UntitledBeatlesPodcast.com. That's all I got. Let's get to the episode. Oh, I've always wanted to do this. Take it, Tony.
1: Take it, Tony. Untitled Beatles podcast. All right. Let me get this queued up here.
2: All right. Let's get this queued up here. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Is that a little harsh?
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. No, I just, I know, I'm in high school again. Wow.
2: <laughs>
1: You're in high school again.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Welcome to the Untitled Beatles (laughs) podcast. This week, as usual, I'm Tony Mendoza.
2: I am also TJ Shanoff and we're doing, this is either, we don't know as we record this, if this is part two or part three. I'm just being honest. We're old hands,
1: bro. And we gab about the fabs and that's what we do.
2: You know, Tony, we're old Hensbro, and we're old Hasbro. (laughs) Transformers,
3: more than meets the eye. The Transformers, robots in the sky.
1: Transformers, from Hasbro. Well, it's the Untitled Beatles podcast, and we are going to talk about this week, Get Back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I hit organ accidentally. I've never known this So I just go (laughs) I don't know the next part Yeah man The great thing about Playing piano badly When you're in comedy Is it's intentional
1: There you go That's what I always say There you go Well yes Perhaps Get Back Is the most mysterious And spooky Of the Beatles albums (laughs) Long and winding road Two of us (laughs) dig a (laughs) pony into the ground with a headless horse. (laughs)
2: <laughs> you add the word spooky to anything. I <laughs> mean, spooky mine.
1: <laughs> that reminds me of Count Floyd. Yeah, man. <laughs> Great show, Flaherty. My favorite thing about. Oh, uh, yes,
2: that's where the bit comes from. It's from SETV Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh.
3: <laughs> oh, Count Floyd in my scaly dungeon with the scaly stagehands flying around
1: and it was a it was uh what was it? Ed Grimley's favorite show or whatever on the completely mental misadventures of Ed Grimley, the animated series, which was the last cartoon I ever w- watched on Saturday mornings. Like I was 14 <laughs> watching that because I loved Ed Grimley so much. Gee, that was sad. But yeah, get back. So we're going to talk about the LP, the one that uh, Glenn Johns mixed uh, in May of 1969. It's now part of the Let It Be Super Deluxe. It is the fourth LP. In the series, and we're also going to talk about the 12-inch EP, and then there's the Get Back book, which is brand new, came out, and uh, is like a 200-page, right? Something like 200 pages, something like that. 220 or something. Yeah, it's a a great book that uh, we we both uh, we have completed reading it. Correct? Right? Yes, I I finished mine late <laughs> late last night. I didn't sleep at all last night.
2: I couldn't sleep at all last night.
1: Let's do the overall thing. What do you think of this record? It's
2: great. Yeah, I like it because it's more ramshackle than Let It Be. Totally. They made the right decision not to release it. But mm. it's an awesome relic. I love that it's finally being authorized by EMI. It's fun. I've had a bootleg of this on the Vigitone label since the early 2000s. that sounds really good, clearly sourced from tape, but cleaned up nicely with like Vigitone's one of those labels that gave a fuck. Like with this huge color booklet like that's
1: awesome and that's like it. a cd right
2: yes it's it's a cd and like a deluxe slipcase. case they did it really well so i've known this version for you know since the early 2000s maybe late 90s but to hold an official record of it in I your hands it. yeah is awesome yeah. and it's cool to have like the only way to get this cover of the Beatles mimicking the please, please me cover as a non gatefold is this record. Cause if you want to look at this on record, <laughs> it's the blue album. Right. So It's really right. fun to hold this.
1: I must say it's a different picture that was used on the blue album too. I must say. Yes, it was
2: a slight yeah, variation,
1: slight variation. And this one, Paul is showing teeth and George is not.
2: Yeah. Uh, the cover is great, I love to see the Apple logo on the cover, Tony. Yeah, I love that. That the back is just like the old records, the old British. Please, please me. Yeah,
1: I love the album design on this. It's beautiful. using using the same lettering as Please Please Me. I love the hype stuff. Get, Get back, back with but Don't, Don't Let, Let, me Let Me Down, Down and, and twelve other, other songs. songs. It's yeah, a fun. It's so cool. And it's even, and it's tongue in cheek too. Like it's so funny how time has changed in six years that this does look funny.
3: See these little fellas? They're the Beatles, inflatable Beatles. They're yours, the four of them, for just two dollars and two wrappers from Dove or Lux or Light Boy. So
1: yeah, I like this much more than "Let It Be." You know. As much as I like John Kosh's work and it's revered and he's won Grammys and stuff, like he's won like three Grammys for Linda Ronstadt uh album art, something like that. But oh, okay. But yeah, I was never a big fan of the Let It Be cover. I always thought it was kind of a phoned-in album cover. It's just like whatever it is, like Helvetica uh. or whatever, Avenir <laughs> Avenir Block. Uh. Welcome to Font Lover's Corner. Today's font in question, Gill Sands Extra Bold, designed by Andrew Gill in 1926 to create the perfect legible typeface, and it is known as the Helvetic of England. It was even used on the Beatles' Let It Be album. Thank you for visiting Font Lover's Corner.
3: Fonts, fonts, love those
2: fonts. We now return to the Untitled Beatles podcast already in progress.
1: Four little squares of their faces. This, to me, the Get Back record is saying something. It's saying, mm-hmm. yeah, let's get back. We're going to use the same photographer, uh, Angus McBean, right? Yeah. By the way, I just ordered some rubber vomit from Angus McBean <laughs> and should be arriving <laughs> in six to eight weeks. <laughs> I thought you would like that one. Did
3: you ever buy any fake vomit when you were a kid? Fake
1: vomit? Yeah. <sighs> No, (laughs) But here's something I didn't know. So originally they were going to redo the shot, but they couldn't do it because there had been a porch installed where he laid down on the ground. He had to get onto the ground on his back to take this picture. So EMI had that porch removed just so they could retake this shot again.
2: Wow. That's that's the kind of clout they had. They went from having... 14 hours to make their first record, to have a right. porch removed for their final, for their swan song.
1: Yeah, for this photo that they ended up not even using till later, till after the band was done. But yeah, yeah, even on the back, it still says like, George Harrison, lead guitar, you know, has all their instruments, what they play. The uh, the liner notes were done by the same guy, Tony Barrow. In fact, Tony he re- recycled a lot of the Please Please Me original text on here and added uh, added new stuff since then.
2: And I love the note, just for historical purposes, 2021 artwork recreation inspired by original 1969 concepts and draft works in progress is kind of fun to see on there as well. Yeah. The acknowledgement of that history. So, yeah, I mean, the presentation's great. I will say collecting Beatles stuff is a luxury. I'm lucky that I can afford to buy something like this. There are many, many, many people who can't. I do think the get back record not being made available separately is bullshit. A little like a lot of the, the mono CDs Mm. that were never available separately. Right. Like, right. uh, uh, Sorry. There's the Beatles invented being good for record buyers monies by not including singles on most of their British albums. And now if you want the get back album on vinyl or CD, um, you need to spend upwards of $150 to get it. I think it's bullshit. Attention, Beatles fans. Even if you own every
1: Beatles album, every Beatles single, every Beatles compact disc, your collection is still incomplete. But here we are, as the liner notes say, TJ here we are 19 singles, 16 tours, 11 albums, seven years, a few beards, and some children later with a set of get-back tracks that will show you the Beatles with their socks off. Hashtag wiki feet. Hashtag Rick Rubin.
2: (laughs) Hashtag yuck.
1: (laughs) Hashtag Mr. Yuck. Don't drink poison.
3: (laughs) Mr. Yuck is me. Mr. Yuck.
1: Green. Also on the liner notes File under sentences that haven't aged well The Fab Four were finished When they sucked their last jelly babies
2: <laughs> <laughs> Originally read they were when, they, when they sucked their last Muppet babies That's a whole different connotation <laughs> Muppet babies So
1: that doo-wop uh,
2: intro <laughs> It's totally one of those Muppet babies
1: Well, all right. Uh. So, <laughs> so Glenn Johns started, he made some acetates of this record after the Beatles were done, after the, they did The Rooftop on January 30th and all the Twickenham stuff and all the Apple Studio stuff. And then uh, the 31st, they did uh, Let It Be and Long and Winding Road. I think they did Two of Us as well. So, after all those sessions were done, Glenn Johns compiled this in May and, uh, yeah, like you said, it's just like it's more raggedy. It's uh, it's got a bunch of stuff that probably doesn't need to be in there. I wish, I wish they had put it out. I, I, I know what you mean by saying like, oh, they made the right call by not putting it out and doing Let It Be instead. But I really, I really wonder what what would have happened if this record had come out in '69 prior to Abbey Road. I don't know.
2: I think it would have been probably widely derided. Hmm. I think as their first full album. Back since the White album to follow up with this. This is this the Glenn John's iteration of the Let It Be sessions isn't just loose and ragtag. It's unfinished and there's a lot of unnecessary <laughs> Teddy Boy's presence, like guy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey man. Like uh, I mean, even like the second track on here is like it's fun for Beatle fans. Rocker's always been a fun track, but with like a sloppy, terrible cover.
3: Save the last dance for me. <laughs> you can dance Every dance with a guy hold his Let him hold you tight
2: It's like the giggling take on and your bird can sing, but forgetting all the words to say the last dance for me is in, as part of the second track on here. Like I love it for what it is. I love that it's now part of the catalog, but yeah, I, I think critical reception to this would have been magical mystery tour movie-esque or TV show-esque. I think people would have been like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: Yeah. Slagging off. I suppose so. I think you're right, actually, yeah. I think I'm enjoying this record with the, uh, yeah, the hindsight about it. Like, I know what Let It Be sounds like. I know that they put the strings on there. I've always wanted to hear this record. Um, I had kind of heard it, but, but like, bootleg quality. So we finally get to hear it. Don't let me down! Don't let me down! Again, they didn't go in and, like, make it like a 2021 version. I think they actually did take the master
2: and just kind of master it. Right. It's a, it's a remaster, not a remix. And it, yeah. the audio quality is not very good. We'll get to, there's a, a the, the I Me mine coming up on the EP is like, what did you, that's the one where they, they penny named yeah. it. But like, what are you thinking? Um, but yeah, this is a remaster, not a remix, which I think is fine. Cause it also places less historical importance on it. This being the first time you'd really, like, heard this album in full a bunch, what are your overall thoughts? I just
1: love it. I love that it exists. Yeah. Like you said earlier, like, it's it's a drag. You've got to buy it with a big set and spend 100 and whatever on it. But, yeah, I've been wanting this album for a long time, so I'm stoked that it exists. I'm happy to put it it's on. It's wonderful uh be, also because there are different takes used so these a lot of these aren't the same takes some are but most I, I haven't done the math on it but i would say most aren't the same takes. what's the
2: number tony you don't make <laughs> statements you
1: can't back up on the untitled boodles hood goose <laughs> number nine uh, well speaking of, let's go track by track speaking of nine one after 909
2: Hey, man, this is, I believe, the only song on any Beatles record except the American opening to help that has a non-Beatle opening the record. This thing opens with a Billy Preston keyboard noodle gliss. Billy Preston is the first thing you hear on this record, and I think interesting. That's yeah. That is cool.
1: Yeah, you get the pre-roll. Yeah, so you hear Billy, I guess, tuning up, noodling, whatever. Then you, yeah. you hear the camera slate, and then, yeah, they go into it. back. I think it's great. it's great. I think it's great. I love the stereo, uh, the vocal separation. Yes. Lennon's on the left, Paul's on the right, and it's
2: great. It's so good. And Tony, the fact it keeps the Danny Bo earning, but then you hear, did I say Danny Bo? Yeah, <laughs> And like, Oh, Danny Boo. The <laughs> No need to mumble my. my, my, my.
1: Elvis over here.
2: <laughs> Elvis, the original mush mouth.
0: You know, someone said, the world's a stage and each must play a part. Play, hit me play, playing in, playing
2: play, play in, playing play in, playing in, playing in, playing in, playing in, the in, playing ending, playing in, playing in, playing in,
3: Thanks, Mo.
2: We pass the audition. <laughs> it's a bit of a mind fuck hearing it in that in, in mashed up in that context.
1: Yeah, but not having like let's say you hadn't heard Let It Be. It actually makes sense. I, I love this as an opener. Like, yeah. This is where I think context plays a huge role. I mentioned in the last or one of the episodes before <laughs> this one how one after nine oh nine is not my favorite Beatles song. But in this context, opening this record, I love it. I think it sets the tone for what we're about to to hear. And I think this is actually a, a better opening for Get Back than two of us would have been for Get Back. But I think two of us works for Let It Be, if that makes Tony, sense. Tony,
2: yes, because <laughs> One After 909 is the literal exemplification of the Beatles' Getting Back. They're opening the record with a song they recorded in 63, it is they're getting back and then they take off from there and then this could happen some covers come right after this but i agree with you i think it's 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 a, a great opening rocker is pointless it is the <laughs> glenn johns version of 12 bar original <laughs> god bless <laughs> okay all right I'm
1: Well, it's also called I'm Ready, and it was, uh, it's a Fats Domino tune. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: because I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And I'm able. Mm-hmm. I'm willing and I'm able, so you better come and go with me. We're going to rock and roll.
2: Yes. And it's, it's, it's largely unnecessary. It's got I, the Billy Preston keyboard playing is great. The audio is not that much better than my Vigitone bootleg. And right. getting to see the, the last dance for me has always bothered me a little bit. And I, I've enjoyed it a little bit too, but it kind of drives me nuts.
1: Got it. Yeah. There is like, yeah. Sometimes there's an expiration date on those kind of a things. Have you ever heard Elvis's version of "Are You Lonesome Tonight" where he just starts cracking up like
2: yes, <laughs> halfway through? Oh, that's is it, amazing! Is it uh, is it drugged? Is no. it, it drugs? Well,
1: no, I, no, I think it's no, I think he was on something, but it wasn't like it wasn't his like later years mumbling and getting out there. He was just he just got a case of the the sillies.
0: You know, someone said
3: the world's a stage and each must play a part. <laughs> I c- <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, man, oh, <laughs> Ooh, <Lord. laughs> And I had no cause to die. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> <Sing> it, baby <laughs> Shall I come back? Okay Tell me do Are you
1: <laughs> Well Glenn John seems to have January 22nd as a date that comes up quite often on uh, side 1 especially So yeah the medley is January 22nd right into the Don't Let Me Down The single version was recorded on the 28th, and then the Naked, Let It Be Naked used the rooftop takes. So, this is a completely different take of Don't Let Me Down. (laughs)
3: Like she do me Ooh, she do me. Yeah, she
2: does and, if somebody ever and this take while not one of my favorite takes of one of my favorite songs when John says hit it Bill before this yeah. sick Billy Preston solo that's unlike anything in any other take is a magic moment.
1: Yeah, you've got a false start in there, and then Paul does this, like, ripping bass run.
2: Yeah. <laughs> At one point, Paul screams, one more time. I think it's yeah. Paul screaming that. It's so neat. One more time. Don't, Don't let
1: me down. down. Yeah, it's definitely, this is like a sloppier, slower, Uh, it's dirtier, and it's, yeah, jokier. Like, they're goofing around in it. There's different lyrics in there, too.
3: And if somebody ever really loved me, will oh, she love me? Yes, yeah, she does.
2: This take of Dig a Pony, there's a similar version from the same day that's on Anthology 3. So it's not the same version, but it sounds uh, pretty similar. I love the starting with All I Want Is You has always been has always been nice. John would get more confident, clearly, and the audio isn't great, but it's a cool version. It is,
1: and it also has a false start, just like on the rooftop. Yep. A one, two, three.
3: A one, two, three. One, two, three. you can celebrate anything you want. yes, you can celebrate anything you want
1: oh. I was digging also that stereo separation on Ringo's Tom
2: when yeah he that's hits- cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that's Glenn Johns having fun.
2: Was there like some kind of phasing or something in the drums? Did the drums sound we a little mixed, a little weird. Is it just the separation? Something felt strange to me. Is that right? I'll have to give him
1: another ear. Yeah, I just listened on on the vinyl, you know, with the speakers. my My two speakers. I only have two guys. So <laughs> I only <have> two speakers. <laughs>
2: I listened at Atmos in my mansion, where I've got a <laughs> eighty. The people who designed Beatles Love in Vegas designed my stereo system at home. <laughs>
3: I'm Alexis uh, from Apple Electronics. Uh, I would like to say hello to all my brothers around the world and uh, to all the girls around the world and to all the electronic people around the world.
1: I think there's like an off-key moment in the last verse as well. It's great. This is what yeah, I mean, this is the thing that they asked for. They wanted, especially John was like, George Martin, I don't want any of your, you know, your shit Production on here. shit. Yeah. 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 So Glenn Johns was happy to oblige. And Glenn Johns has an ear for, you know, performances and great takes and all that. And and knowing when the band is cooking or whatever. You know, he later went on to 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 record uh, who's next and a, a bunch of the who stuff in the seventies.
3: Back in the studio. Make our latest No
1: He gave them what they asked for Which was warts and all With their socks off Or their underwear Around their ankles Or whatever you want to say Man you've
3: been a naughty boy You let your knickers
2: down Do you know that my favorite Sounding Who song of all time Not my favorite Who song My favorite sounding Who song Is Going Mobile I just want to throw that out there right now
1: That's on Who's Next Yeah That's with, why
2: I brought it up Yeah that's my
1: With all those like ARP synths on
2: there Or whatever ARP it, it, Yeah and just I I, I am a, just a huge fan Of the sound of that song
3: Beep, beep, beep. Play the drink machine, make the toast tea when I'm mobile. Well, I can lay in bed with only halfway ahead when I'm mobile. Keep me moving.
1: He had a way of making drums that made him sound just huge. I worked with a recording engineer, Greg Norman, out there. He's an engineer for Electrical Audio, Steve Albini's studio. And he was at one time employing this Glenn Johns way of miking drums, which I think had to do with, like, he put, like, two microphones pointed at each other, like, over the floor, Tom, or something like that. Not to give away your secrets, Greg. Sorry, but it was great. It sounded the drums sounded wonderful.
2: And then wasn't that didn't Bernard uh, Purdy come in and, uh, and uh, yeah. play replace him with his tracks? Well he did all
1: my he did all of my parts, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How come Bernard Purdy doesn't mention me on his list of bands? Frank Sinatra, Aretha Franklin. Tony Mendoza, (laughs) Madesky, Martin, and Wood.
0: (laughs) Frank Sinatra, Heinz, Heinz, and Ford, Barry Manlow, Dionne Warwick, The Animals, The Monkees, The
3: Beatles, B.B. King, Bobby Blue. And Doris Day!
1: Well, then it goes straight into I Got a Feeling, or as John liked to say,
2: I Got a Fever. We
3: do Dig a Pony straight into I've Got a Fever. Yeah
2: for the flavor of a
3: Pringle
1: it's cool though yeah I got a feeling segues straight out of the dig a pony thing like that was the thing they wanted to do for this live words and all feel was go right from dig a pony to I got a feeling and it, it does yeah
3: Yes, I do. I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside. Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. I will tell you, there was certain pressings of this. The ones not made in Germany have the Black Eyed Peas song on it. <laughs> <laughs> And casual fans didn't notice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> casual fans are like, I really like that one. My,
2: my, my Jewish son knows the word Mazzletov because of a black eyed pea song. I'm doing great, is it dad? <laughs> okay, so but I do. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. You know, fill my cup Mazletov. This is not my favorite take of this song. This, uh, it's rougher than the version we know and love. The audio is not great in this one either. You know, again, fun to have, but like this, I wouldn't, this would not be a version I put on like a playlist for the car. Mm. Fair. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: fair. But there's like a playfulness too, like the call and response where John's like, you know, keeps me on my toes. On your what? I've
3: got a feeling.
2: Okay, should Terry play this on Breakfast with the Beatles Or would you roll your eyes if Terry played this one on Breakfast with the Beatles I, I would not roll my eyes I would say I wouldn't request it But I would not be upset if Terry played this on Breakfast with the Beatles
1: I think it would be a cool, fun, deep cut thing to do But she's got to be ready Or whoever's doing the segues has got to be ready Because this song breaks down There's no proper ending right,
2: That's right, that's right
3: Up, to get loud.
2: Yeah. When this goes into Susie and the band, she's doing all together now. <laughs> or whatever, like, Why? Why are you doing it? One,
3: two, three, four. Can I have a little
2: more? Terry, nobody. Oh, we got a wonderful request. It's not a wonderful. Nobody wants to hear this. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know what, TJ? I'm the one that's calling in all the Susie and the Banshees just to get your goat, man.
2: <laughs> we we got a wonderful request for New Orders, Nowhere Man. No. Why? <laughs> Why that's are you doing me. this?
1: I just use fake names. I disguise I put a, a napkin over the phone and disguise of my voice <laughs> like Bobby Brady.
3: <laughs> also, speaking of the fabs, looking forward to breakfast with the Beatles debuting this Sunday morning, nine to eleven here on XRT Excuse
1: me. XRT. Terry, it's Doug from Underlion. Play Eleanor Rigby by Big Head Todd and the Monsters.
3: Sure. Well, Big Head Todd and the Monsters doing Eleanor Rigby is on 93 WXRT Chicago.
1: Let's get back. Let's get back to the show here, TJ. Let's get back. Hey, oh, my. That's the next song. Get back. Same take. So this is the take we're, we're familiar with hearing, but there's no chatter beforehand. There's no picture the fingers and all that. This is like mm. the single version. The yeah, this is a single version.
3: Picture the fingers, Greg. Okay.
1: I've always liked whatever that bit was, and if you recall, they used that bit in a commercial for WCKG on the on the TV. Yes, they did. Uh, the painters painting the the billboard of the Beatles. That's
2: like eighty nine or not right? Like it's eighty yeah, nine or not somewhere yeah. around there. That's back when you could do that when you could just be a yeah. local market and <laughs> take a Beatles song and make it better.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get some painters. On scaffolding And make it better I think that was the the lyric Paul was going to change the shoulder line to Uh, (laughs) Scaffolding
2: Didn't Paul give him that Because his brother's (laughs) band was called Scaffold
3: (laughs) Thank you very much for the Aintree Iron Thank you very much Thank you very, very, very much Thank you very much for the Aintree Iron Thank you very, very, very much Thank you very much for the birds and bees, thank you very much, thank you very, very, very much, thank you very,
1: much for the birds and bees, thank you very, very, very much, thank you very much the- Then you flip it, side two, opens with For You Blue. So again, here's what I like about this record, is that you get different versions of this. It's, so it's not just the same stuff on Let It Be In A Different Order, this is the same take, but it's the original vocal. Yeah, because George went in later and redid the vocal and did all those, go Johnny, go. And...
2: <laughs> George went in later.
1: <laughs> George went in later.
2: <laughs> it won't be Shelley Long. <laughs> Cheers is
3: filmed before a live studio audience. Hello, everyone. Hey. Uh, oh, come on. What kind of a greeting is that?
1: In the liner notes, Tony Barrow refers to this song as... A romantic Lilter. Lilter skilter.
2: <laughs> it also opens with glasses clinking, so it's another George song opening aside with the sound effect like Tax Man.
3: Okay.
1: The false star, John calling for quiet.
3: you're sweet and lovely girl I love you Because you're sweet and lovely girl It's true I love you more
1: yeah, and there's more reverb. There's like reverb on the vocals and the slide guitar or something. So that I wasn't that crazy about, but hey, it's different. So I'm into it. It'd be like, yeah, like you said, if Terry Hammer played this, I'd be into it,
2: yeah, it'd be i i I like this too. I wish the audio was a little better, but again, it's a remaster, not a remix. Teddy Boy, God bless the McCartney album. This song's this is the John Hodown version. You yeah. know this song is, you know, come on
3: used to tell her he'd be twice as good and he knew he could cause in his head he said mama don't worry now Teddy boy's here taking good care of you mama don't worry now Teddy boy's here teddy's gonna see you through A self,
1: a man, yeah, it, it goes on, it does go on way too long. Yes. I, I feel like Glynn seemed to really gravitate towards this he song. He loved it and in
2: the book, he refers to it a bunch.
1: Yeah, he's like, Hey, you guys gotta do Teddy Boy? I think yeah. he was really pushing them to finish this song. And even Paul at the time was like, I don't think this song's quite finished, uh, you it's know. Already. But in 1970, when the final cut of the movie was happening and Teddy Boy was not in there, but Across the Universe was in there. Teddy boy was going to get the ax and be replaced by I Me mine and across the universe. So yeah, I'd like to hear that. That that would be a cool version too. Yeah. And in
2: fact, both of those songs are from the 1970 mix of this album that are, that's on the bonus EP of, of, of the box set. Also quickly, apparently I was reading, um, the, in the daily beetle, which is my, probably my favorite, like breaking news Beatles website. um, mm-hmm. They had uh, the Japanese super high mastered, uh, the SHM pressing of this has a different speed of the Get Back album.
1: A different speed? What are you talking about?
2: Some of the songs clip along faster than on this version. The 69 remix and the 70 remix apparently are mastered at different speeds. And the Japanese version uses the 70 master, which has the different speeds. And is that because they're super high? <laughs> I don't know. We, we don't know of such things at the Untitled Beatles podcast.
3: I'd just like to say the same as the others. Thanks for the Purple Hearts. Silver! Silver!
2: The, uh, the version of Two of Us that follows. Two
3: of us wearing green coats, Standing solo In the sun Chasing paper Getting
1: This one was recorded January 24th, so it's an earlier take. The one that's on Let It Be was done on the last day, January 31st. So, yeah, and it fades out a little quicker. I mean, I've always liked this song. It's cool. And it's funny how, yeah, a lot of people say it's about John and Paul. Really, it's about Paul and Linda and Paul allowing us to plug John in there instead.
2: Yeah, which is which is really beautiful. I think the average Beatle fan and even the ones who know better would think this is subconsciously about John and Paul.
1: Yeah, how could it not be? I mean, really, yeah, I'm sure there's elements to it, but you know, he was also just driving around with Lindo a lot and just getting lost,
2: and that was the idea.
3: So we leave the little town of London, England.
2: I think they wrote about each other a lot subconsciously. I mean, what I read once that Attic Estate was about Brian.
3: The rest.
1: Maggie May. I mean, we're gonna have to do ten minutes on Maggie May. It's the same version um, that's on Let It Be, recorded January twenty fourth. I do like this song. We covered it in the last episode. There's not much to say about no, it. No, but
2: it is cool that Phil Spector kept that kept this exact edit for his version. The only difference is it came at the end of Let It Be versus before Dig It. But it's cool that Phil Spector kept this this edit. <laughs>
1: Now, with Dig It, the next song, he did not. So originally, the full version is 12 minutes and 25 seconds. This version is 4 minutes and 9 seconds. They fade up from the 7.29 mark to the end, with the exception of two sections that were edited out. And now, we're going to play those sections for you. Untitled Beatles Podcast exclusive, Exclusive. Lick it up. Okay, yeah, yeah, I couldn't find those sections of Dig It anywhere in my research. But I did find uh, Michael Jackson doing a version of Dig It. Here you go.
3: Like rolling stone. (ramento) (talk) Like the FBI. Hear that? Like the CIA. Sounds familiar. Gentlemen. Like the BBC. Oh. What song is it? B.B. King. Uh, They called it Can You Dig It? And Doris Day. Dig it. Dig it. Untitled Beatles Podcast exclusive. exclusive. Eat it.
2: You heard it here first, folks. That's exclusive to the Untitled Beatles Podcast. Not on the version you'll buy in stores. (laughs) It's true. It's also interesting that Phil Spector connected the end of Dig It with Let It Be the way Glenn Johns did.
1: Yeah, he used that same bit with the...
2: uh...
3: That was good.
1: Glenn John's pre-roll. So you get to hear the second clap, second sticks, as we say in the industry. If uh, sound isn't rolling and they missed the first slate, then you have to slate again and you have to mark it. Second sticks, so the editor
2: knows. That's where where Zeppelin got four sticks from.
1: Yeah, their second AC just couldn't get it together. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a cool version, too, because so it's before all the 1970 overdubs. Yep. So you hear the original harmony vocals done by John and I suppose George. Benny. This is obviously much simpler. That's John playing the, the Fender, V-I.
2: <laughs> Fits in every little thing parlance. <laughs> Beatles, not Wilco. Oh, check out the two Wilco covers of songs, Wanna oh, yeah. Be. I don't want to forget about that. Dig a Pony, which is faithful to the original, and Wilco's cover of Don't Let Me Down, which sounds like it could have been on a recent Wilco album. They played with the melody a bit. They're jaw-dropping. Mm. It's so fucking cool hearing Wilco do the Beatles. They clearly love them. Had to throw that in.
1: Yeah. No. Hopefully we can get those and drop those. Don't let me
3: 93 XRT
1: The long and winding road, it's the same take that's used on Let It Be, but minus the Spectre stuff. But it sounds so different to me, and I think it's because the drums haven't been like mixed down during the verses. Like the drums you can really hear in the verses, and they sound busier. And uh, Paul has that spoken bit during the solo before there's like a kind of a solo there when really. he's
2: saying many times I've been alone when he's kind yeah. Of speaking. yeah, 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 he's
1: doing the 50s thing, <laughs> saying yeah. the lyrics. Me, it just sounded like a different take but according to the book it's not it's the same take but so that's why i like also that this different mix yeah it, because again
2: on naked it's a different version of the song
1: yes it's the january 31st take and this is january 26th
2: one thing about this that even though i have this the the glenn john's bootleg i'd kind of forgotten this but there's something that i thought phil specter's orchestration uh uh, was, was was so heavy that you missed out in the original, but I'm wrong. On this take of it, uh, he ends it on a major chord instead of a minor, and I prefer when he does the minor. So on this version, on the album version, he goes... You. But on almost every other take, and when he does it live now, he goes... He goes to the C minor instead of the back to the E flat, which to me, it's it's a different thing. There's more tension when he ends on the minor, which echoes the uh, melody. So that's, that's one wild. thing I thought, oh, I wonder if the Phil Spector arrangement always kind of superseded that. But no, on this take of the song, he goes to the major. And I think that suffers a bit for me. The minor just feels... There's more tension. I've always preferred it. Yeah, and it's a
1: sad song. I think it should be a minor. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I didn't. I. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Even though, yeah, C minor and E flat are basically just. Uh, yeah, they they share the G and an E and an E flat.
2: Yeah, you're adding that C for the C minor with the C in the bass.
1: Yeah, well, that's wild. That's yeah. wild. And then this record ends as the movie ends with this uh, get back
2: reprise. A reprise. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's short, but it's the version where Paul is uh, laughing, kind of like, they're coming to take me away. Which is annoying. Yeah,
2: that's that's a Paul affectation (laughs) moment. (laughs) They're coming to take me away to take me away ho ho hee hee ha, ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time and i'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats and they're coming to take me away ha, ha.
1: i love that i have this album now all respect to dr ebbets and uh you know all those bootleggers in the 70s and stuff who paved the way for this stuff coming out let's be quite honest <laughs>
2: Shout out to the John Barrett. Those tapes getting out swinging pig. Nems. So many. Yes, great. Uh, yeah, and pig. Yeah. Nems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So many
2: great. A purple chick. A Vigitone. You know, we mentioned uh, a, a bunch. Um, Yeah, it's really great that it's been restored to the Beatles catalog. Not even restored, just added for the first time. I think it sucks that you can, if you're a casual fan, just go spend $30 on this. I don't know what the problem would be pressing this. There's enough goodies in the box for hardcore fans to buy it, but this should be available as a standalone album. I'm disappointed that it's not, but it's great to have. And by the way, universally, all the records in this set are spotless they play through sometimes new vinyl can have quirks my records sound great yeah i didn't have any
1: problems with mine Mm -mm. so let's talk about this 12 inch ep it's four songs you play it on 45 side one has the 1970 those glenn johns mixes that were gonna replace teddy boy so it starts off with uh, across the universe and keeping in spirit with the record and having all the chatter in there, you hear uh, John, he says something like, You like Richie to Ringo? You like Richie. <sighs> <laughs> Words are flowing out
3: like endless rain into. They slither wildly as they slip away across the universe Pools of sorrow, waves of joy are drifting through my opened mind Possessing and caressing me
1: I like this version. I, I still, I. Here's, here's what I want to hear. My favorite version is still the World Wildlife Federation. <laughs> the World Wildlife Federation, of course, started by Hulk Hogan. I like that version the best. If there was a way to get it without the bird sounds, hooray! I would love that version because I love hearing those Beetle harmonies that aren't on any other version. <laughs> That, I always sing those in there on any other version if they're not in there. It's
2: pretty sped up, right, Tony? It's faster.
1: Yeah, I think you're right that it is sped up. And that's what I liked about the Spectre version was he actually slowed it down mm. to like uh, D flat, to C sharp or whatever. It's in D. And I think I think the WWF version is in uh, E flat. And then the Phil Spectre is in C sharp. Anyway... I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like across the universe, this 1970 mix is in the right key. Yeah. I didn't hear it sped up or anything like that. It's a great version, and you hear the, the the tambura or whatever it is a lot in this version. I like it. I think it's great.
2: I know I've heard this one before. It may be on a bootleg called Anthology Plus that has like extra songs from that era left off the six Anthology CDs. Maybe that's why I heard it, but um, it doesn't sound great here. And I mean Mine, Tony... The audio sounds like it's from a cassette. Like, we we (laughs) joked a few weeks ago about that that Penny Lane with the trumpet ending being from a promo 45 that Junior scratched with a scissor. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, it's scratchy, right? Isn't there,
1: like, I actually did, like, lift the needle up and make sure, like, is something wrong with my stylus? You know, do I have a bunch of fuzz on my stylus?
2: Talk to your doctor if you have recurring fuzz on your stylus. (laughs)
1: Well, I actually like this mix of I Me Mine. I know it sounds like crap or whatever, but I like, I like, I actually like this really short version. So, this is before the Spectre Stitch. Uh, It's before everyone was doing the Spectre Stitch. And uh, yeah, it's like under two minutes. Uh, It doesn't have all the strings on there. So, it it sounds like the Beatles to me, even though it's the Threedles. It sounds like the Beatles. I like
2: it. Yeah, Japanese Pressings called this one Now and Then. The next song I want to talk about, there's been a lot of like Facebook chatter and some negativity because Giles Martin slash Sam O'Kell edited Dialogue uh, to begin this massive Beatles single. So the remix of Don't Let Me Down now has Dialogue at the top of it. Mm. I think that it's a brilliant choice because in my mind, Giles Martin did that. To help restore it to the Let It Be album where it always should have been. The yeah. dialogue gives it a feel like it's now connected to the Let It Be record. So I don't mind. And if you don't like it, edit it out in GarageBand. It takes 20 seconds.
3: Another song, right. Okay, George. How about, uh, what have you got up your sleeve, John? What uh... about well, Don't Let Me Down? Yeah, that's a bloody there good one. There. Don't Let Me Down Blues. Again. <laughs> Don't let me down the road again, blues Short back fanny, you're my desire Come on, boys Come on. Zap monthly okay. George, come
1: on. Yeah, I like it And also, so this is the first time We hear John and Paul singing together Through that middle part of the song which Yes They overdubbed in April of 69 Yeah, I love it, I think it's great
3: I'm in love for the first time It's gonna last
1: And it sounds amazing. Like, those crash cymbals really come through, man. Those things, like, slice. I love this.
2: I think for the first time, Tony, I've always felt, when I heard the Let It Be Naked version, I know that's a hybrid of two, that became my definitive version of the song. This remix has made this song never sound this good. It sounds so powerful. Yeah, man. Uh, Giles Martin, first of all, his father was a genius and a gentleman. Giles Martin seems great, too, but he endorses tacit support of murderers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Phil Spector is who you're referring to. Yeah, this is a controversial TJ opinion that I, I get it. I mean go to your Beatle boards and duke it out, you know, on the on the uh, interdream.
2: I'll see you on <laughs> rec.music.beatles
1: <laughs> Well it closes with the single version of Let It Be, a 2021 mix Again, this is Giles and Sam Yeah, to me, I like this a lot Yeah, the backing vocals are blended with the organ Yeah, Uh, the organ's great Yeah, it really jumped out I, uh, I like this version I like this version a lot Do you have a favorite like of all the Let It Be's? There's the single and the album and now we have all these new versions. But I mean, it all comes down to kind of the guitar solo and I think what Phil Spector added another chorus or something like that, right? He added like 13 seconds to this song, right?
2: Oh, yes, he added a third repeated Let It Be chorus to the album version. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a favorite version out of all those? Yeah, the album version. George's solo, the fact that it's a hard rock solo on top of the song to me, saves the song from being a little syrupy. The things that have bugged you now—I don't have the same religious background that you do—with uh, the <laughs> song, kind of with my like, uh, my uh, mother, man, like all that stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it does, uh, does not uh, affect me, but I've just always loved the beauty of the song, and yet it's that searing George guitar solo, clearly overdubbed but soulful and rocking, that makes that version my favorite. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the album version—I like that solo better. Let's touch on the book. Let's touch on the book while we have a moment. We said we would, so we should yeah, do let's that. Let's do it. The Beatles, Get Back by The Beatles. How about that? And if you're like me, TJ, you got yours at Target, which had an exclusive version where they give you four what are called lobby cards. When I read that, I was like, what are these, like, baseball cards? Like, what is this, like, <laughs> Paul McCartney with a bat on it that says fuckface? Huh? <laughs> Going
2: down in history like a Billy Ripken fuckface card, fuck face, card, fuck face, card fuck face
1: But no, lobby cards. So these are like, uh, you know, when you used to go to the theater, uh, they'd have these, you know, 8x11, you know, promo stills basically on the walls. But they're, they're great. They're kind of, I'm actually glad I got this goofball Target version. <laughs> It ended up being kind of cool.
2: Yeah, enjoyed it. I, I, I believe in supporting a local book and record stores. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you texted me and said Target had a cool special edition. So I was like, okay. And I got it at fucking Target, too. <laughs> Target is a fun place to shop. But, you know, shopping at Target makes me feel like I'm giving a fuck you to Amazon. Like, uh, Target has become what Tower was to music stores, right? Like... Yeah. I, I feel like I need to defend Target because I don't want Amazon to swallow it up. <laughs> That's where we're at. Target is a
1: fun place to shop. Basically, this book, it goes through each day uh, with oral transcriptions. Is that... <laughs> um, oral transcriptions. <laughs> is that redundant to say that? I mean, they're transcriptions, right? So... Yeah, there's a foreword by Peter Jackson, which is great. Sir Peter Robert Jackson, ONZKNZM, is a New Zealand film director, screenwriter, film producer, and actor. Filmmaking for me is always aiming for the imaginary movie and never achieving it. And then John Harris does most of the uh, of, of the work. It's separated into uh, three acts. First act is uh, Twickenham. Second act is uh, Apple Studios. And then, of course, the third act is the rooftop, which also includes January thirty first, uh, when they did the the filming down back in the basement again.
2: And the fourth act is naturally.
1: <laughs> I like this book a lot. It helped make sense of all the uh, all those hours and hours of footage. And like I just used to see "Let It Be" slash "Get Back" as just this big kind of mess. With the beeps and the songs that start and stop, and everyone was in kind of a grimy mood. Grotty. 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 The dead grotty.
3: Grotty? Yeah, grotesque. Make a note of that word and give it
1: to Susan. I'm going to share you my opinion. You tell me what you think.
2: Sure. Overall. Burn this book. (laughs) Burn this book. I don't need the Beatles telling me how to live. (laughs) STICK THE MUSIC!
1: <laughs> the dialogue in here is all very negative. It really is yeah. seeing the Beatles break up just, just agonizingly and slowly, especially at Twickenham. I think Twickenham just was a real drag.
3: Because we thought when, it, you know, when the show came out it'd be great. We do well for us this one oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what we're selling. Really set you on your
1: feet. Up until doing the rooftop, they're not sure they're even going to do the rooftop because yeah. George doesn't want to do the fucking rooftop. George, George is like the biggest naysayer on this whole thing. I think. Yeah. What do you think?
2: I think this is authoritative. I think it is welcomed. I think it is wonderful, and I think it's a very depressing read. Yeah. Um, the dialogue, it's written like a play. They introduce the characters at the beginning. It's in three acts, which of course is a preview. Now it's obvious that this is what the Peter Jackson film's going to be. Twickenham.
3: Hello. Hare Krishna. Apple. It's just how we can't learn another five or six good for Thursday.
2: Mm-hmm. Rooftop. So, I, I we now know what that's going to be, but it's a slog. It's, it was a hard book to read. The George and Paul dynamic is really frustrating, and the Michael Lindsay Hogg, to his discredit, he speaks with kind of indignation, if not outright expectation, that things are not going to get fixed.
0: It's yeah. almost like
2: he stopped being a cheerleader. He's resigned to what's happening in front of him. It's a, it's a hard read. It, it It is a hard read at times. I'm
1: glad it's there, and I, yeah. I did enjoy reading it. The main takeaway, and this is maybe something I already said in one of the other episodes, but it's like the joy all happens. The stuff that we're seeing from Peter Jackson, all that stuff, it seems to be while they're playing, right? And they're doing bits and all that. But when it comes down to trying to figure out what they're doing and it gets into this real existential place that's a bummer. Yeah. And I'm just curious. I want to see how much of that. He's got to be using some of that in there. Obviously, they're not going to gloss over how George left Twickenham. Yeah, he leaves on the 10th. On the 13th, they come back and George doesn't show up. On the 14th, Peter Sellers is there and that's weird. Yeah, it's strange.
2: A dialogue is hard to understand. Oh, it's really I.
1: I want to say that was a, a one of those weird days. Uh, that might have been like a John and Yoko are smacked up. Yeah. Because uh, oh. that happened. There's some interview on one of these days where John has to abort the interview to go puke or whatever because he's had he's just had a fix or whatever. You know. I wonder how much of that stuff's going to be in the Peter Jackson the Disney thing. Remember when I gave you that grassy Piccadilly? Doing <laughs> <laughs> man, it really stung me out of but yeah, there's one day on the 16th that only Paul shows up. Yeah, he plays "Oh Darling" solo on a piano, and then that's it. You know, Mal, yeah, Mal dismantles the set, and they yeah. film it.
2: <laughs> Mal dismantles the set out of rhythm. <laughs> I have so many notes written down. I don't know where to begin, but the obvious ones that have already been reported on many places: George acknowledging early January 7th, never been the same since Mr. Epstein passed away. That same day, George says, oh, the Beatles have been to the doldrums for at least a year. George asked for a divorce. Paul says he said that at the last meeting. So early January, a few days into the session, it's already George as caustic and overt as possible. He's talking about the band quite a bit. He quotes Dylan. He plays some My Back Pages at at one point. And I think what will make the movie feel more cheerful than the book, Tony is here the songs are in italics and parentheses in between the dialogue. In yeah. the movie, the songs will still feel like the predominant plot. Yeah. So you will still going to get to see the Beatles singing and playing and doing all that stuff, however weird uh, Twickenham was, or back in Savile Row, on, or uh, on the roof, you're going to see them in a way that negates the dialogue because the music's going to be so joyful.
1: That's what I hope. And I also hope we get to see them order food. All the food orders are so funny. Yeah, a lot of cheese sauce. Cheese sauce, big, fresh, uncut mushrooms. And then this is after they do the the rooftop gig. John orders pancakes and boiled eggs. (laughs) (laughs) That's the theme to (laughs) Frasier. But I
3: don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.
2: I mean, yeah, the the food stuff's great. I love all the contemporary music stuff. George wants to hear the Arthur Conley, Ubladi, Ublada. Yes, I think Dick James slash Dick Jaws for that. Dick Jaws,
1: right. Comes Uh in with all the cover records Which That that shows you a process Of their day-to-day life Like they were waiting on covers From the White Album Someone talks about Having covered Good Night Yeah They also talk about Eric Burden's new record Where he covered um, Ring of Fire And that's the one Yes That's the one uh, Andy Summers From The Police plays on (laughs)
2: John, at one point on page 105, refers to an obscure ballad from the Rodgers and Hammerstein flop, Me and Juliet, called (laughs) No Other Love Have I, which is, it was kind of a standard at some point after the war, maybe, but, like, for John to sing that is kind of crazy. No. That's funny. On January 21st, John talks about San Ferry Ann as the boat they're going to do it on. And Paul wrote a song on Wings and the Speed of Sound with that title.
3: That's very well, that's very well. But inside you shine a shell, you dance all day.
1: They don't go into the fight when George leaves. It, it almost seems unprovoked, but if you do some research, I guess John and George had gotten into an argument at lunch, um, possibly about John's commitment to the group. And... Or
2: about cheese sauce.
1: Yeah, he stole, he stole his cheese sauce on his, uh, on his uh, mushroom. You stole
3: my cheese sauce. <laughs> hey, let go of my cheese sauce.
1: I did like, yeah, when they were talking about working through the weekend, John says, so... It's going to be stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. There's a few of those. Uh, here's a nice moment. January 24th, George Martin observes you're working together. You're seeing each other. It's happening. Yeah. That kind of confidence coming from George Martin was was really wonderful to see because George Martin got a lot more involved after Twickenham kind of folded.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff in this book. I uh, Yeah. Despite the, the, the overall negative kind of gloomy tone, it's frustrating to read, but. It's a good read, and I think it's a real read.
2: Well, and in the Peter Jackson film, it ends with them kind of figuring out what's going on, and then it ends with them singing, You know I can't smile without you. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) He green screened
1: them into the the hot air balloon that smashes through the chocolate factory and the the Beatles... (laughs) (laughs) ...are selling beetle-shaped chocolate. It's going to be great. Get your golden ticket to see the Beatles this Thanksgiving. Brought to you by Cadbury. (laughs) Well, it's called The Beatles. Get back. It's a book. Uh, You can purchase it or you can go to Target with your phone, take a picture of every page, and own it digitally.
2: That's how digital copying works. Also, why didn't they call the book Get Book? (laughs)
1: Untitled Beatles Podcast. Like and subscribe.